Hi again and welcome back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by A Life of Education. Alifeofeducation.com is the UAE's only dedicated health and fitness educational website delivering health and fitness content to fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts from a variety of sections of the health and fitness world with talks and lectures on uh, nutrition, anatomy and physiology, sports medicine, female development, yoga and pilates, uh, strength conditioning, the business of fitness, and a bunch more to be added in the future. Allo's mission is to bring leading experts from around the world of health and fitness together on one platform to share their knowledge and expertise on a global scale. So um, it's not long now before Allo will launch. Check out their website at www.alifeofeducation.com. Um, you can be in with a chance, a pre-launch chance of uh getting exclusive access to life education and also winning a, uh, the brand new fitbit ionic just check out the website there and see what we've got to do um this episode today is with ben Xiong, and ben is uh a part of the australian strength performance uh he's it's his company he owns it um, he works out of East Brunswick in Melbourne. He was in Dubai um, a month or so back at the MeFit Pro Summit, and he is kind of a specialist in body composition from working with uh, sort of um, competitive aesthetic physique uh, competitors. Um, a lot of athletes, he's brought people to Olympic levels in, I think, over 16 different sports. Um, he's worked with a few, he's worked, I think, Miss Universe Australia and Miss Malaysia, Miss World Malaysia, Miss Universe Malaysia. So he speaks uh, quite in depth about sort of the psychology behind why he got into nutrition, where he came from, uh, growing up in Singapore, and um, a few other little kind of tricks of his trade and what his education courses are about we didn't have much time because when we were recording it he had to shoot off and go to a talk that he was giving himself um so yeah we'll cut straight to it matt joined us pretty late in the game here matt was caught up at, uh, at the time so it's myself and ben and then uh, towards the end matt, matt joins us so um yeah we'll get on with it here is myself matt and ben Xiong. Still at the MeFit Pro Summit in the uh, Jumeirah Creekside Hotel, and we've got Ben Xiong. Is that correct? That's right, Xiong. Xiong. Yep. Ben Xiong from Australia here. Uh, Matt right now will join us in a few minutes. Um, he's just got himself caught up in one of the talks. Uh, he's just nerding it up in uh, one of the rooms just next to us. So he'll come at some point in the next 10 or 15, if we're still here. Um, but Ben, so you're here from Australia? You got here from uh, Melbourne, best part of Australia. Yeah, from Melbourne, and we spoke. <laughs> you're from Brunswick East. Yes, that's where my center is located. Yes, that's right. where you're based. Yeah, that's right, right in the in the restaurant district of Melbourne. That's right. Yeah, nice spot there, along all the restaurants, right out on the street. Um, just tell us a little bit about you, kind of your background beyond 
East Brunswick, but before that, what right. got you into the industry? What were you doing as a kid? Uh, so what got me into the industry, uh, to tell you the truth, I never intended to be a personal trainer or get into the personal industry. My background is really in psychology. So okay. I did uh, a Bachelor of Science. Uh, scientists really did a lot of biology, anatomy subjects. And then I moved into psychology as a major, did my honors in psychology, uh, got a p- my thesis published, got offered a PhD, and then decided maybe that isn't for me. Uh, and so I, I got out and did a little bit of marketing. Uh, and I guess the turning point for me to get into the industry was during marketing, uh, there was a period of time where I kind of felt really sick and really ill uh, in the sense that I, I, I had a massive uh, sort of a gut ache. Uh, okay. And during that period of time, I was sent to different hospitals with no diagnosis. So doctors were not able to give me an understanding of what was happening uh, to my gut. Uh, at the, it was quite severe, severe to the point that I was being injected with morphine every single oh, time really? I went to the hospital. What year was this? What, what time zone are we oh, on? This was, this was probably a good eight, uh, 11, 12 years ago. Okay. 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. And that kind of sparked me, uh, it got, got me thinking because at the end of the day, they couldn't diagnose what was going on with me, but they could tell me the reason why I probably had some sort of a uh, gut pain, I guess, was based on stress. Right. So they got me thinking, I mean, if I'm earning so much money, I'm working marketing and I'm working my, my, my ass off, what's the use of that if I was so stressed? If my lifestyle wasn't conducive, if I was eating, and at the back, back in that, uh, those days, I was eating pastries every morning, sausage rolls, you know, whatever was convenient, just like anyone working. Yeah. Uh, food was revolving around work uh, and it wasn't a priority yeah what's the use of being so successful at work when you're not looking after your health what's the use of all that money so that kind of got me thinking and I said no you know what I'm not going to return to work I'm probably going to call it quits right now and I'm going to look for something else yeah Uh, and I stepped out of the industry straight away and I decided to pursue health and fitness uh, as a foot in the door, never expected to, you know, to, to take this career anywhere. It was more of a job. Uh, and I just got into the industry. I did work with Fitness First to start off with. I yeah. was with Fitness First for eight years as a in personal Melbourne. trainer in Melbourne. Yeah. Which ones? Uh, Melbourne Central. Okay. And over that period of time, I kind of developed a, a love and a passion for the industry. And what I really found is that the more I learned, the dumber I felt. Okay, yeah. Uh, it, it really gave me more questions than it did answers. Yeah. You know, and every morning I, I found myself eager. I found myself passionate to get up to create change in the lives of those uh, around me, whether it was the trainers or my clients. And I will go home feeling really fulfilled and satisfied. I, I think that sort of a feeling is what keeps me going. Yeah. You know, and, and from there I started to develop a love, not just for personal training, but for searching. Uh, for something deeper about nutrition, about training. Uh, it has led to myself now being more, I guess, orientated around athletic training, uh, loving the, the science behind athletic periodization, cool, yeah. but also working a lot with nutrition. So I do a lot of work with body composition, a lot of work with physique, fitness athletes at this point of time. Right. So a lot of my athletes compete on stage, yeah. uh, myself as well. And I've got a really big passion to be able to modulate training and nutrition to get them, uh, I guess, looking the best they can on stage. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. 
So your um, kind of activity levels when you were a kid, were you a sports person? Were you a, a computer guy, a gamer, a, a, anything like that? What was I it? was a librarian. A librarian. I was fat all my life. Oh, here we go. Now uh, we're getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was a fat kid growing up. I grew up in Singapore. Sure. Oh, uh, Singapore, okay. Yeah, and the, the society there is quite judgmental in that sense. So I was, I was fat. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of hit me because at, at 16... I was going into a, a co-ed school, per right. se. And so that was when you, you start to think, okay, well, I need to do something about my weight now. You know, I've, I've been fat. I never, I've never grown past that puberty stage where, you know, people shoot up and they get lean. Yeah. And I, I never went past that. So I had to do something quite drastic to get myself lean. And in fact, what was the turning point, the tipping point, was my best friend looked at me one day and he said, you're really fat. Right. And that kind of hit me really hard because if your best friend couldn't support you yeah. for you being you, I had to do something. Yeah. So uh, I, I did what I knew best at that point of time. I was determined to lose the weight. I did a, a crash diet and that was all I knew, uh, a calorie deficit. And I knew that cardio would probably help me. And so what I, I, I used to do was lock myself in the room and run in front of the mirror on the spot an hour every really? single day I was embarrassed to run outside really so I did what I needed to do I lost about 22 kilos wow. in 3 months Oof. so that was quite drastic with diet and, and nutrition with a very very oh, sorry, poor with exor- diet this exercise and style. just cardio and just cardio in your room and in my room wow so that got me going that, that got me thinking and then from then on I, I went through phases of eating really badly uh, I would probably say even a pre-bulimic sort of mindset, you know, trying to dig my foods out, uh, eat a lot, and then, you know, try to purge it out. Or It, 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 was, it was bad. Right, I, I okay. had a really bad mindset for over a year. And then I decided to learn about the gym, understand yeah. more about weights. Uh, and that's when I kind of took up the understanding of personal training. So my journey kind of started there. You know, I've been through it myself. Yeah. Uh, and I love right now to be able to put my body through understanding different i guess diet plans nutrition plans training plans uh before i execute it with clients because at the end of the day you are your own example isn't it if you understand it best by yourself you know how to address it better yeah Yeah. absolutely it's interesting just going back to what your best friend said to you we had ben coomer on um and he had a similar sort of uh gut-wrenching moment when his brother said something similar on the lines of you know you are overweight coming from his his brother he thought wow you know that that hit me where it hurts right that's, absolutely that's the the trap door opening that's forcing him to really assess himself and get into the career he, he spoke about it on the podcast as well yep um but tell me a little bit about growing up in singapore i've been to singapore passing through a couple of nights here and there mm-hmm. when i was backpacking uh, didn't really get to savor much of the culture, but I, I mean, how has it grown up there? What age were you there? Is there sports? Is there is there a lot of outdoor activities? What's the culture like there for people? I think the Singaporean culture has progressed a lot since I was there. When I was there, sports was obviously a, a secondary variable. It was study. In any sort of Asian country, you you want to understand that your parents want you to be doctors, lawyers, right? You know, white collar workers per se. Yeah. Uh, so. That's what they train you to be. That's what they pin their hopes on you. Is that where your parents are from? Uh, yes. From Singapore? Yeah. yeah. Malaysian, Chinese, Portuguese mix. Malaysian, Chinese, Portuguese... Mix. 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 I thought you said... Fine. Got you. 
Interesting. And Singapore is the hope that you... Singapore was where I was born, was where I grew up till I was 17, and then I moved to Australia. Ah, okay. So you're originally actually from Singapore? Correct. Oh, sorry, I'm confused. I thought you were originally Australian. Um, so, yeah, so you're, what are you doing then for a kind of exercise, or what are your classmates or your schooling? What's the look for a physical education through school ages? Uh, well, Singapore, they always encouraged some sort of activity after school. Right, so you could choose an activity that you used to do. Uh, I chose swimming for one. I did yeah. a little bit of swimming, uh, but I'll, you know, sport wasn't a priority in my mind. Study was because that's what you know an Asian sure. society would put their hopes on. Sure. Uh, so sport was something I kind of played on the side. I dabbled in all sorts of sport. I played soccer, I played basketball, I played table tennis, badminton, you name it, a whole range of different sport. Um, wasn't I was good in most of them, but wasn't particularly the best in it. You know, kind of yeah. the uh, the jack of all trade, master yeah. of none. Yeah. Uh, but really enjoyed my sport. But that didn't help me to lose any weight per se. I guess my diet wasn't any good either. It uh, my my parents didn't know any better of what I should be fed or what I shouldn't be fed, and uh, let me enjoy what I wanted to enjoy. You know, a lot of Asian foods are high in carbs and sugar. Right. And uh, obviously, the I guess the Westernization of the Asian diet allowed us to have access to things like you know Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's yeah. and all yeah. that and. You know, it was the norm. Every, everyone kind of ate that stuff. So I was getting fatter and fatter and had, you know, no clue why I was getting fatter and fatter. It was just something that happened. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so you had that moment in your bathroom. What kind of shape was your friend in? Was he in good shape? Was he... He was lean. Yeah, he was in good shape. Oh, he, was, it... he was Aussie. Aussie. He was from Australia. Oh, it makes it worse when people are in good shape. Yeah, he was, he was in great shape at that point of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, okay, so you moved to Australia then. Um, you did. You had your marketing. I went moved to Australia for university. I did my uh, bachelor's in science and my honours in psychology. In psychology. Yeah. Um, so, how do you implement that psychology now with your with your approach? Do you you must be able to take a lot from that masters and apply it to? You would you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, not, not really, because a lot of the stuff that we learned in psychology was more about statistics. Was more about the philosophy of psychology uh, there are aspects of the psychology that you can take uh, but I think my I would combine a lot of the useful aspects of the psychology that I learned together with neurolinguistic programming NLP which is also what I've done uh, to be able to deliver information to clients so the way the way I look at training is you can be an effective trainer you, you oh, well Let's put it this way. You, you cannot be an effective trainer if you are so knowledgeable, but you cannot deliver the information in a way that your clients can utilize. Yeah, I, I understand. So my goal really is to be able to take high-level theories and concepts, dumb them, dumb, dumb them down, yeah. uh, and be able to deliver them in a package that people can go, hey, I understand what you're saying. And I feel like I can do this. Yeah. I can make this happen. Cool. Because there's compliance. Now, how you deliver that information relies on the skills that I've picked up in psychology and NLP. Because at the end of the day, everyone has a particular language they speak in. Oh, yeah, I understand. So if they have a particular language that they speak in and you're able to deliver it in that language, they communicate with you. Yeah, you communicate with me. I got you. You're delivering it well to me. Yeah, um, yeah that's very interesting. And I think that comes when you know something so well. You can put an analogy with it. If that analogy doesn't sync, you can come at it something some other way. Correct. If that doesn't sync, then you can maybe do it through movement. Correct. Okay, because, let me yeah. show you this. No? Okay, let me yeah. try. Oh, okay, so now you're starting That's to understand. Right, because it. some people speak through 
you know, the auditory language. Some people speak through a visual language. Some people speak through a, an AD language. Yeah. It means they, you know, they're, they're very calculative. They want to see numbers, facts, figures. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I did a course just last week on uh, kind of nervous system, brain fitness, brain training. Right. And one of the things we were talking about was kind of just how you deliver. Uh, you're going to ask somebody to do a brand new exercise. Their initial processing of that is kind of an assessment of how much of a threat is this exercise. Yep. And then should you do it with them in front of a mirror? Should you do it with them by themselves facing a, a, coal, a wall? Yep. Should you talk it through them or should you show them? Yep. And we kind of discussed how when you, uh, you're you with your client, and you, you tell them to do you show them first and you talk them through your kind of routine of how you pitch it to them. Yep. And then you've got, in my view, well, from my experience, you've got a split second where you can see how they're going to process it. Mm. Do they stop, close their eyes, visualize themselves doing it? Do they do they kind of do they look around for a mirror to see what okay and then okay let's move to the mirror oh you need a mirror let's move to the mirror or do they uh, fix a point in the wall you know gather their surroundings yep run it through their head and then do it or do they look to you for more kind of can you show me again kind of it's like like you said people learn very differently correct people absorb information very differently I think That's when you right. really get to know your content um, it's when you can build trust with people as well because. I always find the stuff I don't know about, I'll try and talk and then I know if they ask me a question, they're going to catch me out here. So yep. let me just preempt this by saying, look, I'm not yep, too yep. sure, but from my gathering, but I think that's very important um, to kind of be able to know how to deliver a message uh, or how to explain something. So then from your, that's your kind of NLP. Talk a little bit about NLP for people who don't know what that is, the Neuro Linguistic Programming. Programming. So an NLP is a facet, well, it's, it's an art and a science at the same time. Uh, it is not a branch of psychology. However, it does teach you how to see things from people's eyes. At the end of the day, we organize uh, our speech, our thoughts, our behaviors uh, according to what we have experienced. Everyone has a, a certain way of organizing things. Uh, and in our organization of things, we form biases uh, and these biases guide our actions and our way of thinking. So NLP is really to understand the other person based on their lifestyle, their experiences, what they're thinking, uh, because everyone thinks differently. Everyone's perception is different. You know, so uh, an NLP process may be to be able to deliver information in different ways based on your thinking. An NLP, inf- uh, NLP process may be able to understand why you're fearing something. You know, why you are limiting yourself in your self-beliefs. Uh, is it because of a past experience? How can you overcome limiting beliefs? Like, for example, if you get clients uh, that come to you that have an addiction to food, for example, we are able to use an understanding of why they are addicted to food in the first place to be able to help them. You know, what, what causes that addiction to food? Is it as straightforward as chemical hormones or is it past experiences that has led to that? Um, because at the end of the day, you need to target the root cause yeah. in order to help them. You can't just target, you know, the addiction to food itself. What is it? So you can clear their fridge out. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, you're not going to help those actions because they're going to go out and buy more food and put it back in the fridge. Yeah. You got to understand why why they're looking for food in the fridge. Is it a a mechanism that keeps going on? Is it the fact that they are emotionally eating? Is it a whole bunch of emotions that are holding them back? 
You know, so a lot of people down there, uh, like their actions that they do, they do not realize what underlies their actions. And NLP is a good tool to help you realize that. Yeah. I think for a lot of trainers out there, NLP is going to be great to use as a delivery tool uh, to be able to undergird a lot of their theories and their concepts and the help they want to provide their clients. It's just as a delivery tool to be able to do that. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um it's kind of like it with an injury. My background, like we spoke briefly before, is injury. And, mm. you know, you can you can f- help somebody with a bit of a massage on their hamstring tear when they tear their hamstring. Like, we did a lot of hands-on stuff. There you go. But they go back out on the pitch the next week or on the track and they pull their hamstring again. We've not really addressed the cause. We've just addressed the symptom. Spot on. Yep. Um, so that's that's very important across all those kind of aspects. Um, so from there, then, you... Uh, went into the, what, the general PT kind of I was, world. Uh, well, 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 NLP courses were courses I was doing while I was a trainer already. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just a tool to add to my artillery. Yeah, and that's all when you're in your fitness first. Mm. Oh yeah. Times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of way does that job take shape at fitness first back in the day? Was it a here's a lot of clients go train them, or are you expected to follow? A kind of a sales pattern or you well, like what way did they well the fitness first model in Australia was one where you kind of we, you were you were independent contractor right right so you were to run your business from fitness first so fitness first became a shell a space where you ran your own business okay. from uh, they did provide you with clients uh, well that's what was meant to happen that's the promise that's the promise yeah for me I didn't rely on that for me I knew I didn't need that because I came from a marketing and sales background Sure. So I did what I needed to do. I just went in and spoke to everyone, basically found out what their need was, tried to provide a solution to those needs, and made of, uh, made a good living for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of gym where there's general membership. There's general people membership, just in and out by people, themselves. Correct. And you're sort of... Because I did the same at a Virgin Active gym in, uh, in London. Mm. Uh, graduate... No finished my last exam in university and then while you're waiting for the graduation and the exams to be marked and all that I started the next day in a PT job and it wasn't really what I wanted but I needed a summer job and it was a sales job you know it was like get out there hey man how you doing what are you how are you, how are you getting on do you mind if I help you do you mind if I correct your technique in the hope that that's gonna that's right get me a sale yep um, I'm, I'm kind of gathering that's what fitness first we're sort of hoping you as a group of trainers would do in, their, in that place correct for people in that spot I was terrible at it I hated it I'm not a salesperson. We were we went through a sales weekend where we were taught yep these are the things these are the honest tricks get the emotional connection build a trust understand the client yep and then we were given the the not so honest tricks give them in the taster session give them exercises where they rely on the trainer where you're throwing a ball back and forth right. where they need you they need yep. you create that need so I didn't really jive with that myself and right. um, how, what would you say to somebody what kind of what did you find worked for you uh, either in that or to avoid having to do that I'll be very honest with you sales is a word that has many negative connotations associated with it because there are many people out there that try to push a product that do not believe on a client. When you believe in a product so wholeheartedly, you don't sell the product anymore. You promote something you truly believe in. Yeah. And I, when I was in fitness first, I was promoting what I believed in, right? I wasn't selling. Nice. I tried to identify the need 
from the client. So going up to the client and trying to sell them inverted commas for me was spending time with them trying to identify a need. Right. I genuinely wanted to help them. Yeah. If I could identify a need and I, I knew I could provide a solution to it, I would tell them, hey, this is your solution and this is what I think you need. Yeah. If a person knew you were genuinely interested in them and you could provide a solution, they would want to train with you. Yeah. There wasn't a sales process involved. Yeah. To me, that's how I see fitness itself. It was something I was very passionate about. Uh, I love the process of going up to people and finding out needs and providing a solution. Uh, I was good at what you call sales because I didn't see sales as sales. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, in any job that you do, you have to sell yourself. Yeah. In life, you have to sell yourself. To friends, you have to sell yourself. You sell yourself by being yourself. Yeah, right. I get you. At the end of the day. Yeah. So it can be a word that has a negative connotation if you take it to be, or it can be a word that is very, very positive if you see it as such. Yeah. I saw it as a very positive word. I saw it as something I embraced because it was part of my personality. Not because I was trying to sell myself, but because I was genuinely interested in the product, which is myself. I was genuinely interested in helping this person, and I could do that. Now, if I couldn't do, if I couldn't do that, and I tried to promote something that I couldn't do, I would be selling. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. Yeah. So what advice then do you have for the introverts? The guys and the, the, the girls who know their stuff, but they're, they're slow burners. You know, they take a while to get to that connection. That's the bit they're not good at. That's yep. the bit where they don't like to approach someone on the gym floor. They don't like to, uh, to bother somebody in their session. Well, at the end of the day, it's a matter of perspective, isn't it? It's a perspective whether you think you're bothering someone in the session or you could help them get better. Yeah. So it's really how you see it. Glass half empty, glass half full. Yeah. If you're truly an introvert and you don't like people, then why are you in a job that actually makes you interact with people? Yeah, that's a good question. At the end of the day, you could, for example, work for a gym that did pay you a wage, gave you clients, made you work with them, right? Yeah. Or be in a position like a doctor or a physician or a physio where clients actually had to come to see you. Yeah. So I think that may suit them better. Yeah, that's good. But if you're in a personal training role and you're applying for a role where you had to go out to talk to people, that's, that, that's what you had to do. Yeah. You know, so you, you either step out of your shell or don't be a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I would resonate with that because that was where I was at that time. I didn't really... That was a that was a summer job. Mm. I knew when I get my degree, I'm gonna. I want to go into rehab. I want to go into like. Want to work in a clinic. I want to find a football team, a sports team, some sort of thing that's not gym floor. So right, it was it was a struggle. I had that block. I didn't really um, dive as as straight in as you're kind of saying. I spent a long time feeling like I was bothering people on the floor, and then by the end of that summer, I was like, I'm spending too much time at something I don't want to do. Like yep. I want to be so from there turned things around that September I got two jo- two part-time jobs and two football teams yep loved it absolutely loved it and then moved on to work with the military great where people were already there yep so I didn't have to work on that sales thing I was just locked clicked in locked in there you are there's your team there your players there's your other group of players and here's the military guys who need help yep. they, they sure. need it you're in yep and that what that did for me was it allowed me build confidence in what I myself did fantastic yep so from there when it came to the move out here maybe two and a half, three years after that very first experience uh now i knew i know myself 
So when somebody had a shoulder pain, I didn't have to talk to them about how I can help them. I'd ask them, try this, try try A, try B, try C, right? Let me just do this. How's that feel? That's way better. Yep. How can I how can I work with you? Do you know? And that was that was the process there that I sort of was fortunate enough to, to, to put myself through. But I think sales and I think that <laughs> we're getting heckled here from people walking by. Um, I think uh, that's where a lot of trainers fall down and then, and that's where people turn to kind of the Instagram world, yeah. do you know, and the inf- if I can influence people, if I can get my criteria up, then clients will come to me. Yep. I think people kind of lose, get a bit of a mixed message then when that happens. A set of trainers really knowing themselves and focusing on what they can give to people to try and be what they think people want. Yep. Am I making sense? Yes, you are, yeah. Um, I think that's a very confusing then for the end user, for the, for the client at the end of the day who mm-hmm. doesn't know which coach to go for. Do I go for a guy who likes to do boxing drills? Do I go for the guy who uh, is the powerlifting coach? Or do I go with this group circuit class? Right. Kind of where do I fit in? Yep. Um, so your day-to-day stuff now, are you, are you still PTing? Are you focusing more on your education stuff? Are you doing online stuff? How, how, how does your so day look? So my days are very varied. Uh, I do a lot of education. Uh, I mean, this sector of education has been around for four years for my company. So Strength and Strength Performance, uh, we, we do a whole range of different educational products, uh, mainly courses. Yeah. So I develop courses and I take them to, uh, like to the Middle East, for example, Asia, uh, and I train trainers to become better coaches per se. So my courses are based on uh, subjects such as hypertrophy, fat loss, physique, uh, transformation, a lot of body composition work, yeah. uh, as well as coach certification programs where I actually make sure that uh, trainers learn how to be better coaches, to be able to periodize properly, uh, talk about nutrition to their clients. Trainers are able to screen their clients properly. Yeah. So these courses are what I work on all the time, uh, constantly updating these courses, and I do take them around. Uh, oh, here's Matt back. That's back, great. So outrageously late. Sorry, yep. Sorry, Matt was too busy nerding it up in uh, in the yeah. session there with, with Mark Laws. Um, ben, yeah. So Matt, Matt, this I've is this is Ben. Yeah, great. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure. We were just talking. Um, we spoke originally from Singapore. Sure. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff in originally education and marketing and psychology. Moved into the fitness industry. Oh, okay. Um, one quote that you were saying earlier on, I, I, I'll try and give it again, but I, I know your quote is the one where you realize you don't know enough, and then you realize... You mean the, the Bruce Lee one? The, no, the questions one. Um, I don't know. We'll get back to it. Um, so now we're just... Okay, from oh, what? wait, you talk about the education standpoint. Yeah. As in, uh, so the, the, the point is that you, when you, you talk about when you go into a degree, yeah, you, when, when you, you start re- off at high school, you realize... Well, you think you know everything. When you do a degree, you realize you know nothing. When you do a master's degree, you still know nothing, but you just know that nobody else knows anything else either, right? Do you know? We're just is talking about right? his education stuff now. Right. Um, ben is saying that he's, he's got a lot of coaching. The Australian Strength Institute? Strength Performance. Strength Performance. Sure. No one gets this right. Australian <laughs> Strength <laughs> sorry. Performance. That's my company. We'll get it right. We'll write it down in the, in ASP, the notes. ASP, thank you. Not Australian Sports Performance, Australian Strength Performance. Australian strength <laughs> performance. Yeah, sorry, it's been a, it's been a long couple of days. Um, so, 
Uh, what were we just saying a second ago? I can't remember. So I was talking a, a lot about my daily activities. Yes, that's the one. Right, which was a lot of uh, creating of education, which I take around the world to share around with trainers. Uh, I do a lot of speaking within conferences and conventions. Uh, and then when I do spend time in Melbourne, it will be within the center itself, so working on the center. So basically anything to do with personal training, I definitely have clients that I personal train. I deal with a lot with athletes mainly. Uh, body composition clients so I do have a handful of clients that I personally look after and train uh, and then upskilling my coaches I've got a whole bunch of coaches that I want to make sure that they're being fed as well and they train well and they know how to execute what they need to execute Sure. Uh, we've also le- recently become really uh, associated with a uh, sports physio rehab group so we work a lot with their rehab patients at the same through and this rehab group is involved with the um, tennis open of Australia Okay. So we deal a lot with athletes as well. Sure. Um, a question, just because we, Mark Laws literally just kind of finished on it. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of work? I always find it interesting just in terms of how other PTs and other freelance people kind of set up their day. Like in terms of, like you were just saying, their daily habits. Like what, what's kind of like a day in the life for you? Like do you have a set point at which you coach people and then you move on to the admin work? Or are you just kind of coaching all day wherever, you know, you can get yeah, it? No, we tend, I, I tend to have uh, mornings, real mornings all the way. So I start at maybe 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock to about 10 o'clock, I will be coaching people or doing a lot of body composition tests. Sure. Um, so those, those, th- that's the main block of time that I will normally coach or train someone at. Yeah. Uh, then I'll do my own training. Uh, catch up with admin stuff do a lot of admin work and then I might do uh, a, a few other clients from about 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock and then I'm pretty much done I don't tend to stay too late because I've got a family obviously and I need to get home today yeah yeah of course so it's all about balance isn't yeah. it yeah yeah absolutely so that's uh, interesting yeah, Margaret just saying then uh, seems to be a thing about trainers that everybody tries to get it all done in the mornings they're saying um that he only takes on small groups from 6 until sort of 10 a.m. That's right. Like yeah. That's something that we're obviously trying to do as well yeah. with our semi-private small groups. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting because it is a difficult one with freelance training. Whenever you set up your own company, trying to make time to get all the admin stuff done, trying yeah. to get time for the family stuff. So. Spot on. But I mean, look, yeah. this is the situation now. You know, when I was starting as a PT, I would be in the gym from 6 to 9 at night. And yeah. I'll be training clients from six to nine. And, and don't get me wrong. If I had a chance to tra- train clients from six to nine, would I love it? I love it. Yeah. I love personal training. Would I give it up? No. I'll always have my hand on it. Because sure. you, it's so important to be a practitioner all the time. Because there are things that you can learn in science you would never learn in practice. Yeah. All right? So you, you've got to keep doing that. And, and that's what I'm passionate about. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, I, I do need time to develop my education. I do yeah. need time to develop my trainers. So right yeah. now is all about segmenting your time is all about delegating what you need to delegate to become better as an organization i can't grow until i learn how to delegate all yeah. right so we need to learn how to split things up micro i i, I guess uh dis- distribute my time evenly sure was was there a moment yeah. that that kind of uh, it sort of fell into place for you where you realized like, i just can't do this anymore i have to change my time and how i sort of oh, structure mate, things or? you know what it's happening all the time even right now yeah am i distributing my time the best i can no Am I the most effective and efficient right now? No, I'm still learning. Yeah, you know my business is still growing, uh, and it's in its infancy. There is no way I'm where I want to be. There are so many more steps I want to take, uh, so many more courses I personally want to do. You know, there's so much room for growth. Yeah, sure. So what kind of courses are you looking at? What are you thinking, and how can you progress? More nutrition yourself? courses. More in, in terms of my my for own you personal learning. Yeah. yeah, more nutrition courses, more strength and conditioning courses. Uh, I, I love to learn more about the body as a whole. 
because I think every course tends to segregate and segment the body to a particular area as an expert, and that's great. But I, my, my passion is in being able to integrate the body uh, so that people don't just look at the body from one aspect. They learn to understand the body as a whole. Yeah. So in order to do that, I need to learn the details of every single segment of the body and then take my time to put it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, we spoke about that again. We're just telling briefly about the course I was on recently, the, the neural... Uh, the nervous system under the brain fitness and part of it was just continuing to learn Absolutely. anything to continue to learn anything improves the brain function which will then maintain your movement patterns but by educating the brain and then, you know it was kind of like a double a double speak by educating the brain you'll uh, keep the brain young you'll keep the brain active you'll keep the nervous system young yep and then you just in order to, to continue to learn you'll learn new movement patterns and then you'll keep the brain young and you kind of bounce back. That's right. So you put information in there and put movement in there as, as right. a coach. Um, so what have you got then in your uh, in kind of in your short term future? Like what's happening now? You're you're traveling back to Australia after this, and then you're back in Dubai again, aren't That's you? Right. For some courses, you so teach a lot here. This MeFit Summit finishes in my third year. The MeFit Summit, uh, and the week after, like tomorrow onwards, I start two courses in Dubai. I've got my ASP Coach Level One followed by fat loss specialization. Okay. So these are my last courses I'm doing internationally this year. I might do one more course back in Melbourne in December, uh, pending on numbers. Yeah. Uh, and then next year I start my whole round again. So I haven't planned my itinerary for next year, but I definitely look to be doing countries uh, within the Middle East itself. Yeah. So Dubai, I normally do two to three times a year. Uh, and then I tour Asia. So Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines. We're looking at other countries this time, perhaps Bangkok. Right. Uh, perhaps Hong Kong as well. We're looking yeah. to branch into China next year and Europe as well. So big plans on the cards for education itself because there's a big uh, demand for yeah. such courses, I feel. Uh, I feel that after speaking at different summits, what's interesting is that a lot of trainers out there will go and do courses that give them a lot of theories. You know, people always look for theories, but theories that they take and they cannot incorporate or apply to their clients straight away because they don't know how to. Yeah. So there's a big gap in the middle and my, my, my courses kind of fill in that gap because it, it, it takes in complex theories, kind of simplifies them into practical information that they can use straight away. Because right. at the end of the day, a trainer pays for a course to, to earn more. Yeah. They yeah, want yeah. to learn more to earn more. But if they're paying to learn more, but they're not earning more out of it, yeah, then it's a waste of money. Yeah, for right? sure. So I really want to make sure that they take in the information, absorb it, and utilize it straight away to create better results, to earn more for themselves, yeah. so that they can keep investing in education. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, it's one of the things I consider when I look at the, the price of a course. Okay, how much is this course financially, and how am I going to earn that much back straight away? Spot on. If I can do it straight away, then... Yeah, that's, it's not my only consideration because some things I'll just pay for it to know and that won't give me financial return. Like we were talking to Danny Bartlett about TRX stuff and about Viper stuff, you know, just knowing more about how these machines and these modalities work is going to benefit me in, in, the, in the background, moving around my programs. But is there a course that I can go on for a fee where I'll take exactly what I learn on it and earn, that's right. earn that money back? That's right. Um, is this- and, and, and it's not just about earning that money back. It's the time you spend in the course as well that could lose you money yeah. so you need to earn back a few times yeah. what you paid for that course of course yeah. right so talk a little bit about the body composition course that you that you are doing um, what will somebody get out of that 
what would a trainer get out of that? They sit on the course, they, they pay for it. Like, what's the... Which one? So, I've got a one-day course called Physique Transformation. And that's just a kind of a teaser as an opener to most of my longer courses. And I've got courses on hypertrophy, right. so building muscle. Two courses on that. The base one, hypertrophy level one, and advanced hypertrophy. And I've got a fat loss specialization course. So, all these courses are two to three days long. Right. So, the goal of, of these courses is to give people an idea of the signs behind the course itself. So if it's a fat loss course, it's the science behind fat loss itself. What are the protocols that people should use in terms of training? How should they design a training program that is specific for fat loss? What sort of training methods are better for that? What protocols are there out there that they can learn to periodize to put into client programs? Now, on top of training, what about other factors that surround fat loss itself? Physiological factors such as gut health, such as sleep. These things are not yeah. considered liver yeah. health. Yeah. So, we need to understand them more in depth as coaches because at the end of the day, clients entrust their physique to us. We need to create results for them, right? So I'm a big proponent of not just giving them results, but optimal results. And everyone is so different uh, in their body type and how their body responds to certain things. How would you as a coach critically use the information to deliver it and create change within a client? That's what the course is about. It gives you all these different modalities that you need to consider. Then we touch on nutrition on top of that, nutrition and supplementation, which is, again, very individualized. Now, learning to put everything together, you get a very holistic perspective of fat loss, right? So learn to identify all these different areas that your clients are not compliant to and start to see the fat actually drip away. Yeah. And this is for people of all sorts of body weights. Spot on. Yeah. It's not just your physique no. competition guys and no, it's not, not your clinically all. obese clients. No. It's everyone. Yeah. Because these are principles, yeah. Right? You're, I'm not teaching you a. I'm not. I'm not giving you an answer. I'm giving you a whole range of different principles, that and teaching you how to critically think, so you know how to put that together. So it's a tool that you have in your toolbox that you can pull out anytime. Yeah, yeah. That's been the nice theme through. Well, so far all the talks that I've seen where the, the coaches or the sorry the, the teachers have more or less made a point like, look, I'm not here to give you a prescription. You know, That's right. Because it's it's so. People yearn for it. Like PTs, like just tell me what I need to do to get the results. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, you can't think that way, as you say, because right. everybody's different, right? Spot on. It's been nice to sort of see uh, over the last couple of days, in that sense. Yeah, it's been a good few days. Um, so, where can people find you? Where can they get your website and your social media stuff to kind of chase up mm-hmm. some of the stuff they picked up here? So, if you guys are interested in taking some of my courses and knowing more about me. My website is train asp.com.au so that's t-r-a-i-n asp.com.au you can find all the information uh, on ASP there we also have an international site which is trainasp.com that gives you more information as well Uh, alternatively if you go to Facebook Australian Strength Performance or myself Benjamin Seong you can find us on Facebook Instagram would be Ben Performance Coach for myself and at trainasp for the company awesome so you got Ben Performance Coach and then train, train ASP, ASP. Two separate Instagrams. Two separate Instagrams. Yeah, Instagram's right. big here. People like to, they like to see what what uh, like to see before they buy. Yeah, it's absolutely. Culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right. Well, Ben, I know you got a talk coming up soon, so we'll let you go grab some food. Thanks perfect. very much for taking some time to speak to us. Nah, thank you so Thanks, much. Man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. No worries. We'll hopefully see you again next time you're back in Dubai, and we can uh, we can talk t- again. Absolutely. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks buddy. buddy.